you know, we want you to lose the clothes. Like we want you to, to forget about closing. Oh, I, I thought you meant clo- lose your clothes. Oh my God. I am sorry. Oh my God. I saw you look at each other. I'm thinking. For the record, I did not think that. Gina <laughs> took it there. Gina. <laughs> said lose the clothes. I don't know. I'm just, I'm hey, sorry. You know, if you feel more like your authentic <laughs> self, as long as it's not a video call, then you could lose okay, the clothes, I, I guess. Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. The podcast that makes business sexy again. I'm Gina Tremarco, master sales trainer and coach at Sales Gravy. And I'm Rachel Pitts, the singing lender. It's another episode, but this time we are in person. Although we've had a couple of those recently because we're <laughs> staffing. You're just like, there's all kinds of shiny things in here. We're not used to being A, together, and B, at the Sales Gravy Studios. This is Studio Blue. Totally excited to be here to do a bunch of podcast recordings and interviewing outbound speakers, which today's speaker, Bernadette McClellan. Oh, I got it right. She's all the way in Australia, mate. (laughs) She's the Oprah down under, according to Jeb Blunt. Yeah. And that makes, does that make us less Oprah? I, I don't, I don't know. But let's, let's talk a little bit about Bernadette. I'll, I'll, you know what? You can read her bio in our show notes. Where I'm not going to go into her whole bio today. I just want to do a couple, like, takeaways from this episode of what you got out of this episode from Bernadette. <laughs> I immediately think of all of Gina's misinterpretations of her adorable Australian accent. Oh it was my, my first takeaway. Oh she must hate me. I mean, I literally. No, she doesn't hate you. You're just funny. But I will say. <laughs> I was misinterpreting things. I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation with Bernadette is that when we're selling, a lot of times, and I know I'm very guilty of this, we think more about the beginning of how the beginning of that conversation is going to go and the end, how the end and the closing is going to go. And we forget about the main part of the conversation, which is the middle. So she talks a lot about that and gives some clarity on that. It's very, very interesting. Really about having conversations that to me are more, as she talks about conscious selling and conscious as opposed to unconscious. I I called it unconscious. I know it's been a long day, (laughs) but to me, that's really about being more human. And I think we, we forget to do that. And she tells a great story about how she started picking up the phone and making calls. And I think when you hear it as a salesperson, you're going to go, Oh my gosh, I've been complicating this. And that's the big takeaway I got out of this episode. Plus back yourself up right back yourself up i don't know i kept screwing up (laughs) i kept messing up everything that she said um in her adorable australian accent so enjoy this episode with bernadette mcclellan (laughs) exactly awesome so excited to have you here with us me too. Welcome, and Bernadette. It was, was totally worth getting up at three o'clock in the morning for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. So I got up and I started to do some work. Like, seriously, I'll tell you, it was because I was so excited. 
<laughs> Yay. That's such a compliment. Did you start drinking the Baileys that early or was it after that? No, I was eyeing the bottle off though. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I've kept that. I've kept that for us. <sighs> I love me some Baileys. When you said Baileys, mm. So for every, for anybody listening to this episode of the women your mother warned you about with our special guest Bernadette Mc, 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 you say it Bernadette Bernadette McClellan um, that you should just Mc, let me say the names oh from now on because you ruin them every time but she says it it's so. McClellan you, it's not that wait, hard did you hear how she said it though she said it Australian style I know it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So for those listening to us, uh, Bernadette's in Australia. And at the time of this recording, it is 7 a.m. her time, 5 5 p.m. our time. And there's no really easy way to make these time zones work. But thank you for getting up so early to be on our show. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, this is this is a good time, actually, because it doesn't cut into your day. This is true. This is true. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you're an outbound speaker and in, in common with us, even more important. And, and Jeb's not here to to run from us. But you're the other Oprah. I am. He did. He said to me, I want you to be Oprah down under. Uh-huh. And he told me he wanted me to be Oprah. And then, of course, I just made Rachel Oprah, too. So it's just, it's a conference of Oprahs. I'm like Stedman. I'm not really Oprah. I'm Stedman. Stedman. Yeah, Stedman's a cool guy. <laughs> so we had such a lovely conversation the first time we talked before you came to to our podcast. And um, we were we were going through your bio that's on the Outbound um, website, as well as the bio we received from you. And um, you consider yourself gutsy right oh yeah but we got a bigger question for you along the lines of gutsy would you bernadette consider yourself a woman your mother warned you about oh i reckon i reckon because my husband's still being warned (laughs) and we're like nearly 30 years down the track and my mother's still saying i told you i told you i warned you don't come running to me (laughs) I warned you. <laughs> Perfect. What does an Australian woman your mother warned you about? Like, describe one of those women. Gutsy. Gutsy. Okay. Yes, I'm just trying to think. Okay. What's, so, like the, okay. what's like the gutsiest thing you've done in business? Oh, I think just going into business. Mm. Like, seriously, I think going into business. Um gutsiest thing I've done in business. Oh, you know what? I reckon when I left, I I actually think back and I think how the hell did I do it? So when I left corporate, so that was way back 2000, and I decided that, um, and back then, coaching wasn't a thing, right? You know, back in 2000, coaching was really sports coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you had your manager. And there was no coaching there. It was just kind of deal coaching. And so um, I was never a trainer either. And so I had this um, presentation. It was like only five minutes. And we'd just gone through this uh, huge mammoth 
epic training program because Xerox was moving from analog to digital. And so we needed to understand the technology side of stuff and and all the rest of it. And so um, we had to pull a name, uh, pull a topic out of a hat. And part of our assessment was doing a five minute talk on whatever the topic was. And I remember thinking at the time, it's like, I want to go first. I want to get this over and done with. It was a five minute talk on the difference between PCs and something. And I practiced and practiced and practiced for like this five minute talk. So anyway, I do it and I get a, I get a standing ovation. It was like only five minutes. And so anyway, at that point, and then I left and I went to another job and they made me do a sales meeting and I was given all of this, you know, well done. And, and then I thought to myself, well, you know what? I might join up Toastmasters. And then I thought from there, I'll join up National Speakers Association. And so from there, I decided I was good enough to become a motivational speaker. Like, that was it. There was, no, there was no trainer. There was no coach in me. It was just speaking. So anyway, I decided that I would start cold calling company <laughs> to see how I could sell my motivational <laughs> speaking services. And I, I lasted two years. <laughs> but I look back and I think, and I got some really big gigs and I'm thinking, how the hell did I do that? And why aren't I doing it today? So that was a, and I, that was an example of, of me being really gutsy like 20 years ago. You know, what's interesting about that is like the way you described it was, I just picked up the phone and just started calling people. Yes. And like, yes. like, it's just that easy, isn't it? Just did it. Yeah. It actually yeah, is so, that um, easy. <laughs> but why do we get so caught up? Why do salespeople get so yeah. caught up with like, oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta pick up the phone and call? What if they say yeah. no? Yeah. What if they say yeah. we're not interested? Do you think so, it has anything to do with you were so excited about motivational speaking and what you were doing that you had a passion for it? And you're like, I'm just going to call people and see if they're going to hire me. It was definitely a passion. And, and, you know, there was no, there was no thought leadership behind it. There was no, there was no, you know, there was no structure. It was, it was inspirational. It was motivational. There was, there was, you know, business ideas, of course. Um, But my experience was just so limited. And I think what it was, what was driving me was this naivety and Mm. this, you know, this enthusiasm. And I think, you know, sometimes we can get so caught up in getting things pitch perfect, in, mm. you know, making sure that we um, are just ticking the boxes. And, and you know, I think today, um, you know, I'm really big on, on conscious selling. I'm really big on, you know, the art of commercial conversations and just being able to, um, just to be able to be yourself and to, to be, you know, I know we're all ourselves anyway, but just to give yourself permission to just talk to somebody like a normal human being um, instead of, you know, instead of stepping into this where you're sitting, where you're in your head the whole time. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Part of that is up and say, hi, this is Rachel <laughs> with Sales Gravy and I was just checking in. <laughs> and you're like not in your authentic I'm voice. following my script. <laughs> I'm following my script. Hey, and that's right. You and I spoke about improv. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think there's a lot to that. I really, t- I, I love that you call it, un- you called it unconscious conversations before you got into the art of commercial conversation. And I love no, conscious, conscious, oh, selling. Consci- oh, oh, conscious, conscious selling. okay. 
<laughs> I'm like, it, can be, it can be that too, by the way. Yeah, I, Hang on, where's another baby? <laughs> I'm going to, unco- I, I was liking the unconscious. Like just unconscious <laughs> selling sounds like you could sell in your sleep, right? <laughs> the con- conscious selling, and it's it's predicated on, you know, conscious capitalism and, you yeah. know, this whole mm-hmm. um, movement towards, um, you know, starting with the end in mind, which is, is really all about how do we help our buyers build their business growth so that they can go to market and their clients, so that it's just this whole ripple effect. And how do you have those conversations that start and finish with that whole um, awareness and that whole... Um, yeah, and I, I really don't want to use the word service, serving. Like I really, th- I think that word, like going in with servant's mindset and a servant's heart, there's a, there's a, a risk there that salespeople will overcompensate and will mm-hmm. potentially not keep the commercial part of the conversation yeah. front and center yeah. because yeah. that is critical. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. It is meshing the two of them because we still need to sell. But, yeah. but it could, yeah. it doesn't have to be as hard as sometimes we make it. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, that's one of our um, tenets, I guess you could say, is that, you know, we want you to lose the clothes. Like we want you to, to forget about closing. And oh, I, I thought you meant clo- lose your clothes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am sorry. Oh my God. I saw you look at each other. I'm thinking, I didn't, oh, maybe. For the record, I did not think that. I understood <laughs> Where you were coming from, Gina took it there. She said, "Lose the clothes." Well, earlier she was talking about what is she wearing, and she's wearing her trackies. And I don't know. I'm just. I'm hey, sorry. You know, if you feel more like your authentic <laughs> self, as long as it's not a video call, then you could lose okay, the clothes, I, I guess. But your body, like your brain, would know you're naked. I'm so sorry. So lose the clothes, as in closing. Lose the cl- the closing part. Closing. closing the deal is what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just to kind of reframe the way that you um, think about the whole sales flow. And then for me, it's all about flow rather than, you know, a linear process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think once you can kind of, because, you you know, we've always been taught that this is the way to do it. You start here and you end with the close. Mm-hmm. You end with the closing part of the conversation. Um, and I think that if, you know, what we operate with is invitations and they're strategically, you know, strategically throughout the conversation and it's inviting the buyer not just to sell, you're not just to buy the product. It's not about selling the deal. It's about advancing the conversation to the point where you've earned the right, um, you know, to ask and invite the buyer to work together. You know, the golden the golden moment for me is when, and I'm sure you've experienced this when the client says, this just happened to me a few days ago. The client says, okay, when can we get started? And I always giggle and go, we haven't even talked money. I've yeah. got one of those right now too. Jumping yeah. at the bit, waiting for me to drop the money. And and actually like I close the conversation with, hey, let's plan next steps and I will call you tomorrow at 6 p.m. after this and we'll talk about how to get started. She's like, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That to me yeah. is the like that is the coolest moment in time when they say, "How do we get started?" And you never ever had to ask that question. Mm. Then they close yeah. themselves, which they is close, actually yeah. even better. Yeah, so that's that's what we call the wanton, <laughs> the wanton invitation. Ooh. So um, yeah, yeah, the wanton invitation. Well, now, not wanton as in wanton <laughs> woman. 
wanting, wanting. God, so we have four invitations. You know, we have <laughs> we have the buy in, the check in, the lead in, and the want in. Bernadette, <laughs> oh I'm so sorry. I'm. A- I think we have a language barrier but you know here what? is what's but, going on that this, Tina can't understand But this Australian. is entertaining. I mean, we want an entertaining show, right? So the... the, the they never going to talk to in. me again. They want in. <laughs> what do they want, Bernadette? They want transformation. Amen. That's true. That's what they want. That's what we're selling. We're all selling change. We're all selling. Right. It doesn't matter whether it's a service, a product, a printer, a... You know, shoes, everybody wants, you know, that's what we're selling. We're selling change and our buyers are buying our certainty. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah, I like that. Our buyers are buying our certainty. For their transformation. Yeah. Yeah, so certainty fuels cash flow. And so um, that's something that, you know, I'm really big on is how do you get people, how do you get salespeople and sales leaders and business owners, how do you get them to buy into themselves? Because that's what we need to do first and foremost before we go down any kind of skill set track. Well, I want to, I'm going to ask you that question. How do we get them to buy into themselves? Well, first they got to want to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that aren't at that point where they're ready to actually start to look at how coachable they are. It's not that they're fake or it's not that they're inauthentic. I look at every salesperson that I come across. It doesn't matter where they are on the legal ladder. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter whether they're sending out the wrong emails for prospecting or whatever. A lot of them don't know what they don't know. And a lot of them have got leaders that are telling them to do it. And they're in this catch 22. And so I reckon salespeople get a really bad rap. And so I'm on the salesperson side here rather than the sales experts who are saying, well, salespeople are crap, salespeople are crap. So I think first and foremost, it's an awareness thing. You've got to want to be able to learn. And that's part of, you know, conscious selling is having this mindset where you want to learn and you want to keep improving and to be able to take feedback as well. And so if we then look at, okay, how do you, how do you approach them or how do you help them outside of that? You know, a lot of people, uh, when I say a lot of people, I'm, I'm making a big generalization there. You know, we've all got, we've all got stories going on in our heads about different things. And, you know, sometimes it's just a, a case of saying, well, okay, have a, have a stab in the dark. What do you think is preventing you from X, Y, and Z? And what do you think most people say? If I was to say, what do you think is preventing you from hitting your numbers? What do you think most people might say? The pandemic, everybody says they're using somebody else. Uh, There's not enough leads. Yeah. Um, Myself. Myself. Or they say, I don't know. Yeah, they're not going to say it's them. They're not. No, no, absolutely. So, you know, with the salespeople will always give an excuse. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they, it's human nature, and in a lot of cases, the buck doesn't stop with me. There is the pandemic, or the pricing, or the comp plan, or whatever it might be. So I will always say to my leaders to ask the sales guys, okay, cool. If you didn't have that as an excuse, how would you make it happen? And then they may say, I don't know. And then I'll say, okay, let's play a game. Let's pretend that you do know. (laughs) And what that does is it swaps us from our left brain logic, got to get this right, you know, I don't know because I'm trying to make some kind of logical sense out of it. And when you swap it and you say, hey, let's pretend, that question or that phraseology switches you to your right brain and it goes into your imagination. And it's that whole little kids, they make up stories on the spot. But the thing is, whatever you say is what you think anyway. Otherwise, you wouldn't be saying it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And you and I are very much on the same line because on the last time we talked, we talked about improv and how we both use improv in the work that we do. And improv does lend itself to creativity and bringing out the child in you to be imaginative, to be curious. I think why I'm so comfortable in sales conversations or even in podcast interviews is because I'm just naturally curious. Mm. So I, I, you, you'll say one thing and then I'm going to want to ask more about that one thing. And then that just continues to build and becomes very fluid in conversation. And then everybody kind of gets caught up in just having a conversation versus thinking about we're here to sell something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the other part of that, and this is another thing that this is, oh my goodness, I am so passionate about Salespeople, sales leaders, well, salespeople, let's go go with them because we're talking about face-to-face client interaction. Salespeople need to know how to be coaches first and foremost because we're not selling, we're actually coaching. Mm. And so we know that coaching is based on questions and it's based on questions like real fed income coaching. I'm not talking about sitting down with, you know, your your, your um, prospect list and, you know, saying, okay, strategically, what are we going to do with this customer? I'm not talking about deal coaching. I'm talking about proper coaching. Um, and for us to be able to go in front, sit in front of our clients and coach them through, because we know that when you're truly coaching, we're allowing our client or our coachee to actually come up with the answers ourselves, with them with themselves. So when you're able to do that with a client, they'll end up giving you the gold, and you won't even you won't even need to talk about what you do. So you know, I'm really big on that. That's why all of our stuff is based around psychology. It's based around impro. You know, it's based around iterations. It's based around invitations and improvisation, you know, so we've got a whole model around this, which is the conscious selling model. And now a word from our fabulous sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe hone their sales skills at Sales Gravy University. You see, SalesGravy University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. 
And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world, including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on SalesGrave University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com. Pick out your course. And when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free. Speaking of Sales Gravy University, go check out salesgravy.university and see some of the courses that I'm teaching. Just scroll through the university and click on them and you will find me and sign up. I'd love to have you there. Can we talk more about your, not just the conscious selling, but the commercial? Commercial conversations. The commercial conversations. Can you talk, yep. talk more about that? So... Commercial conversations, you know, to have a really, to master the art of commercial conversations is the number one one, number one way that you can find and, and build your business. And, and when you start to think about what commercial conversations really are, they are conversations that are way beyond sales conversations. So let me give you an example. So my book is called The Art of Commercial Conversations. And so that is based on, um, it, I mean, there's a, a couple of different ways you can look at it. One is the one is the conscious selling model that, you know, I'm spoken about. The other is, you know, the fact that salespeople need to go to market as, as thought leaders, as, you know, personal leadership and sales leadership. So it's kind of like the triad. And then, when you start to break that down, the commercial conversations model in itself—if you can—if you drew were to draw a nine a nine square matrix, for example, well, not for example, if you were to draw a nine square matrix, and if you had going across the top, you had the approach to the market, the focus of your conversations, and the outcome. And then going across, you started with a transactional approach to selling. Then you would start with making contact would be your first conversation. Content would be the next one, which is, you know, where most salespeople just kind of vomit up their product. And then you would have signing the contract as the outcome. So we all need to have the ability to know how to sell transactionally. So we need to know all of those three conversations, right? Then we go up a level. And so the middle layer, we call it the transitional approach because we're transitioning up and out of being transactional. And here our approach to the market is all about connecting with our buyer, but not just making contact, truly connecting with them and also connecting with ourselves. And then our focus is consultative, the consultative sales approach and then our outcome is very much conspiring for the success of our buyer and having those um, keeping in touch type conversations. So we call that transitional. And there are three different conversations there, connect, consult, and conspire. 
And then where we want to get to, we want to become, we want to start having that transformational conversation. And so to truly be able to create a transformational experience for your buyer and to sell change, we need to approach the market in a state of conviction and instead of feeling like we've got to go in and convince. So we need to look at ourselves and how we go to market in the state of conviction. The focus of our conversations is now well above consultative. It's now contextual. So now it's about how do we elevate the conversation and heighten that conversation to one that's more contextual. And then finally, the outcome, when you're selling at that transformational level, it rewrites the ABCs of selling, always be closing. It's now always be contributing. And it's always be contributing to your buyer's growth as well as your own. So it needs to be a two, two-pronged two approach because otherwise someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a win-win. Mm-hmm. So they, they're kind of like the nine conversations uh, that each of the chapters in the book address. Love it. Mm. You're going to have this book at Outbound? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think there's, yes, there's going to be some hard copies there, I think. Um, okay. Yes, the answer is yes. Can you tuck one away for us? Yes, the <laughs> answer is a big yes. <laughs> Yay. I'm dying to read it now, the way you describe yeah. it. Is that the subject matter you'll be talking about at Outbound or what will you, what's your topic? So my Outbound, I've got um, two keynotes that I'm doing little different both of them different angles so um one of them is finding your brave and so um you know we're looking there at at three different principles around how to find your brave today and and how do we navigate this um path of uncertainty that we're all on and and move toward absolute uh, absolute certainty so moving from uncertainty to absolute certainty um and it's by finding your brave so that's one uh and then the second one is selling to big business and that's five principles that salesmen need to know in order to sell bigger higher Mm. can you give us one principle of the five principles yeah let me think I've got the second one in my head. So if we looked at um, selling to bigger business, so there's five principles there. And one of them is, I kind of do things back to front. One of them is closing loses opportunities. Ooh, say that again. (laughs) Closing deals, closing loses opportunities. Elaborate, (laughs) please. So, you know, what's the biggest part of the sales conversation or the sales process that kind of gets the spider senses going with people? It's closing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's prospecting. Prospecting is definitely one of them. Um, but it's also closing. And, and followed closely behind closing is objections. Mm-hmm. And Gong, you know, the company Gong, the revenue intelligence company Gong, they mm-hmm. listen to yeah. like, I don't know, 94,000 closing conversations, closing sales conversations or whatever. And what they found was that the, the most successful sales calls did not happen at the end of the call. They happened at the beginning and in the middle. And so what happens is, is because there's so much angst around that and because salespeople kind of miss the whole chunk in the middle, 
of, you know, that we start off strong and we make great rapport and then the buyer will say something like, well, okay, um, how much is it? Bang, you've just commoditized yourself. So it's like it's like drama, it's like acting, like you've got, you know, act one, act two, act three. So you've got the beginning, the middle and the end, but it's the middle part that gets missed out because it's the middle part where the tension's created. And so salespeople don't go to the middle. They start at the beginning and go straight to the end. So we need to look at, okay, how can we create tension enough? So like you said, the bias is where do I sign? Mm-hmm. You know, and the other part of all of this is that if you're, if you're, and this is the conscious selling part of it, is that if your mindset around closing is based on contribution, but not from this give away the farm, um, discounting, you know, I, I'm going to walk on eggshells because I'm going to make sure that I do everything right for the client and bugger me. It's like if you realize that that transformation does not happen until that transaction happens, then that's the moment where it's almost like a sacred moment where you've got to allow the buyer space to process that decision or to process the next step toward their transformation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, you, when you've got this whole mindset about closing and, and what's the right pitch and what's the right question and it's all about you and you're so in your head that you are not contributing anything to your buyer's growth at all. Or listening. <laughs> totally, or listening. Does that love, make sense? Yeah, I love the, the going to the middle because what I think about when I think about going to the middle is, again, this is an improv thing. We often talk about when it comes to improvising a comedy scene, don't start at the beginning. Don't be linear because it's just boring. Correct. It, it's kind of like the, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? And I'm not making fun of you right now. That's how improv, like new improv performers, they're like, that's what they do on stage. It's like, hello, how are you today? And it's boring. And so what we try to do is get them like, all right, just pretend the introduction never existed. And start at the middle of the scene as it's unfolding. And the people watching are like, they lean in because they want to know what's going on because they missed the beginning that they're used to hearing anyway, but tuning out. And so it just makes it so much interesting when you go straight to the middle. It's just juicier. It's juicier. It's colorful. Yeah. I'm thinking about the sales conversation that I was having yesterday in the car with a a new potential coaching client and and it was an interesting conversation because I was driving and I was 100% focused on what she was saying and the beginning is it's the beginning is kind of like hey and it's uh, thanks for taking the time to talk call me and 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 I you know this is kind of what I want and but it took a little while to get to the point of some things that she revealed as she was talking and then a, qu- a few questions I asked that made her cry and by the time we got a little deeper, you know, I didn't close her, but she, I, because I wanted to reflect on some things and I wanted her to reflect on some things. And I just didn't want to take that special in-depth conversation that we had had and, and kind of almost felt like cheapening it by going, okay, this is how much it is. And yeah. are you ready? I can send you an email with all the detail. Like it just didn't feel like the right time. So I, I just gave her something to do yesterday, something to do today. And I set that next step of I'll call you after my podcast. And then we can reflect on what we talked about and talk about what the next steps are to commitment because it just felt a little bit 
I mean, I see what you're saying is that point of most of the time in sales conversations, we're like, I want to close. It'll feel so good to close it and get them to sign on the dotted line. But then we miss yeah. out on the juice. Yeah. Juicy. And, and it's, it's the long game. It is the long game we're mm-hmm. playing, you know, and, and, and I share this story back when I was at um, Xerox back in, back in corporate. And um, I had this university that I was, had been looking after and I sold the big, you know, the big half million dollar pieces of kit for the print rooms. And so, um, I had this account and for the whole year I was kind of touching base and going in and, you know, we dropped a few different proposals with some incentives throughout the year and no, no, no. Um, Anyway, so it was the last day of the financial year. And so I got called into my manager's office and, and, you know, they're, in a financial year, they were really numbers, numbers, numbers. And so his boss was also in in the room and they said, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to close them. And this is what we want you to offer them because it's been going on for too long. And so I'm like, okay, so drafted up the contract, went into, went in down into the, um, met them. They were both in the room, both the director and the print room manager. And I'm sitting there and, um, you know, we had a little bit of chit chat to start with. And I said, right. I said, um, you know what I got here? It's that time of year. It's the end of the financial year. And uh, I said, but I'll tell you what. And I ripped up. I said, I'm not going to ask you to sign it. And the director looked at me. He leaned forward and he said, I'm so glad to hear that. He said, if you had have asked us one more time, you would have never, ever got your foot in here again. I got the deal less than two months later. So just, and why did I do that? My intuition kicked in big Mm. time. So why I did that, it was strategically done. It wasn't, you know, the reason why I did it, I could sense the body language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also knew over working with them for a year, they were conservative people. And and they had this, you know, I probably didn't realise it at the time because it was, was probably was intuition, but they have been working with salespeople for so many years. Buyers are not stupid. They know that if something's dangled this month, it can be dangled next month, Mm -hmm. you know. So it was, you know, we've got to respect the intelligence of our buyers sometimes and think, okay, what what is important to them and why? And respect that and work with it. And, you know, it may take you a couple of months longer to get it, but you'll get it. Um, So, yeah, we are playing the long game. Uh, To your point, you have to trust your intuition and your instincts when you're like anytime I go to, especially with coaching, coaching versus training, coaching is a much different sale to me because a lot of times it's a more personal, a lot yeah. of times people are taking money out of their pocket to pay for coaching versus having their bosses pay for it. So the emotions are a little bit high. Sometimes the sales cycle is a little bit longer, but you got to be able to read the moment. And I've, yeah. I've been in those where I'm like, this is going to take a few conversations to get mm-hmm. to know them and for them to, you know, I had one recently and I knew, I knew, I mean, he, I did all the things. I followed all the frameworks knowing he wasn't ready, but I stuck to it for a reason because he wanted to still talk to me. Mm. Right. And I knew he wasn't, I wasn't going to close him today. Today, yeah. Maybe in a year, 
But he wasn't ready right now for a variety of reasons that made complete sense. And I wasn't going to invalidate that. And and on that second call that we got on, which was, he knew what that call was. That call was, are you in, are you out? And he's like, hey, I'm just going to let you know, I'm not going to do this right now. And I'm like, and that's fine. That's fine. I'm here when you're ready and I'll stay in touch with you until that point in time. Right. And, it, and it's staying in the moment with them and their journey and honoring that and respecting that. And, yeah. and then, then you have people who are like, how do I work with you? When do I, can I give you a credit card right now? What do I, right. And so you just go with the flow of where people are Yeah, and you're going to win either way. Some you're going to win faster than others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some you're going to have to overcome rejection and others you're going to have to overcome acceptance. <laughs> I love that. Overcome acceptance. I love so that. So true. I love that. And yeah. as we hear from a lot of our fantastic other sales leaders we have on this show, you have to really actually care about the person you're talking to instead of caring only about yeah. the money that you are making off the person that you're talking to. And that's a bit of a journey for some salespeople. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, we all know that, you know, we, we buy stuff on emotion and we back it up with logic. And, and too many, and once again, this is not a negative against salespeople, it's purely because they don't know what they don't know. And, and you know, they're not privileged enough to, you know, have gone through coach training or, you know, anything like that, where you start to get to the the deeper human behavioral level. And so, you know, when you're able to have a conversation with a buyer where you can elicit their emotional buying criteria, as well as their financial or their logical or their, you know, commercial buying criteria, getting to that emotional buying criteria, that is where the tension the right kind of tension is created. And that happens in the middle. Well, we're, we're sad we're not going to see you in person at Outbound. Is it okay I know. for us to be sad? We're going to stay up all night. We're going to stay up all night. I, I didn't realize until we had had a conversation with Jeb earlier today about uh, Outbound just kind of goes on and on and on and on all night long. It does, doesn't it? It's so cool. So we're, we're doing, we're going live. So, um, I've teed up the studio in the city and so uh, and we're going live with a panel. And I think we're going in after Victor. So yep. it sells after dark and then boosh, straight to Melbourne direct mm-hmm. where Oprah introduces <laughs> Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz and <laughs> not quite. Oh, maybe people, maybe salespeople. Uh, maybe Victor, uh, we talked about this before about a handoff maybe victor will allow us to do like you know like an olympic torch handoff oh that would be awesome how funny would that be that would be awesome all right we got to work that out with victor we'll we'll figure something there passing i'm not sure that real fire would be really a good idea but maybe like a led version of the fire well before we let you go we got a couple a couple signature questions to ask you and before we get to the signature questions i just gotta have a yeah have a have another swig you should have another swig of bailey's Uh, well well, well, we get you ready for that first of all if people want to reach out to you learn more about you get your book uh what is the best way for them to do that so the art of commercial conversations is my book and it's on amazon 
And in my Conscious Selling Masterclass is ConsciousSellingMasterclass.com. Mm. <laughs> And cool. so people can register for that if they want to. Is that um, is that a live class or a self-paced class? How does that work? It's just a it's a must just a one one and a half hour masterclass. Okay. I think it's with me. So okay. um, yeah, ConsciousSellingMasterclass.com, and that's based on the art of commercial conversations. Fantastic. So and then the other is LinkedIn, Instagram. Facebook. <laughs> She's everywhere. All the things. I'm everywhere. She's everywhere. She is all yeah. the things. Okay, so so people can reach out you to that way. And then um, we got a couple final questions for you. First question, oh. Bernadette, is dun, 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 how would you define the word sexy? <gasps> oh. 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 Uh, look, I'm already picturing it. Um, a man in a suit holding a red rose, smiling at me with a twinkle in his eye. Oh, that is sexy. Pretty sexy. Nobody has... Love a man in a good suit. Yes. It's true. Does he have a pocket square or a tie? He has... Oh, I'm just picturing... <laughs> I'm actually picturing a red tie with a white shirt. How about that? There it's probably really boring, but that's what comes oh, up. Red shirt. Does he have hair or is he bald? Oh, I have to. He's bald. <laughs> what is this? I have to say that. Because <laughs> your husband's bald. I haven't figured all of this out yet because not my husband what, is not, not yet bald. So Not yet. Not yet. I'm getting some great hope in case he goes bald because his father doesn't have a lot of hair, let's say. <laughs> well, there's quite there's quite a few sexy bald men at Outbound. I'm just... I'm yeah. just saying, and um, and sexy voiced bald men. We'll leave them nameless. <laughs> there you go. You can figure it out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's keep it Ooh, on track, ladies. It's getting hot in here. <sighs> hot, yeah. <laughs> and Bernadette, this the next two are are a little bit less heated, <laughs> if you will. What is the best advice you've ever been given? Oh, number one, just be you. But the other one that comes to mind is. Yeah, spread your wings further. Oh. Yeah. Spread your wings further like a butterfly. Or an yeah. eagle. Oh. Or a, 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 my favorite book is Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Ooh, okay. Mm. Note that the eagle and the seagull probably eat the butterfly. Stop <laughs> it, stop it. Do the next okay, question. sorry. <laughs> last, last question, Bernadette. Is there any advice you wish you had been given? Back yourself more. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, great. I would. That's advice. I wish I. Yeah, that's awesome. And and, and know you are enough. Mm. (sighs) Yeah. Damn. Because it's about to make me cry right there. Yeah. Decades to figure that one out. That's what my tattoo says. Same. Same. Tattoos. Hundred percent. I'm hoping I can teach my daughter to back herself a lot sooner than I did. I like that. Back yourself up. Yeah, totally. It has been so delightful having you on our show today. And we are so thankful that you got up so early in the morning. Oh, that's fine. And you're ready that's to what, go. Uh, you're ready to crush the day now. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. You're, I am totally good to go. The, 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 the sun is now, this, it's pouring raining, but the light is out there now and it's not pitch black like it was before. <laughs> but it's been wonderful. I've loved it. We're going to have to do it again. Yes, we will. And we will see you soon. 
at Outbound. Uh, thank you again, Bernadette McClellan, for being on The Women Your Mother Warned You About. And thank you, Warners, for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About. I'm Gina Tremarco with Sales Gravy. And I'm Rachel Pitts, the singing lender. And you can find all the information you need to know about us at WomenYourMotherWarnedYouAbout.com. Anything left? Just a big thank you to Sales Gravy, as usual, for taking us ladies on and sponsoring this show and letting us do the thing that we do. If you want to up-level your game in sales, check out Sales Gravy University. That is super cool. So it's salesgravy.university. And if you want to attend Outbound, you still can get virtual tickets, which why wouldn't you? Because you can see Bernadette that way and you can like watch all the replays from it. So you can check that out at outboundconference.com and use our special code WARNERS100 and save 100 bucks. That's it. We're out for now, Warners. See ya. This really will get serious soon. Yeah. Don't. It doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious.